0: Deathmatch is brought to you by Alexander Man Solutions. Hiring great people is no easy feat. There are new obstacles around every corner and your competition for talent is intense. Together, we need to be bold in our approach to tackling these challenges. Alexander Man Solutions can be your bold next step with a team of nearly 5,000 people around the globe. Delivering market leading, recruitment outsourcing, and talent consulting services. And in early 2020, Alexander Mann Solutions will unveil an exciting new digital solution that will disrupt how you connect with job seekers and hire the best fit candidates. Now is the time to create purpose-built solutions focused on solving your unique challenges when it comes to engaging and hiring the people your business depends on. To learn more about how Alexander Mann Solutions is working with talent acquisition professionals around the globe, visit alexandermannsolutions.com. Welcome to Deathmatch, North America 2019, part two of four. This Chad and Cheese Deathmatch episode features a contestant all the way from France, David Bernard, CEO and founder of Assess First. Deathmatch took place at TA Tech on September 26th, 2019 in Austin, Texas, with a room full of TA Tech practitioners. The bar was open, as usual, Chad and Cheese, snark was flying, and the judges were ready to light contestants up. Enjoy.
2: Uh, If you've not been to a TA Tech event before, you are in for a memorable treat. Uh, You're not here to see me, so without further ado, let me introduce podcaster's
0: extraordinaire, Chad and Cheese. Raise that drink, everybody. So... Thanks first and foremost, thanks Peter and TA Tech for making sure that we had alcohol in the morning because a lot of us got in late. Uh, we need that. Yeah, keep the party going. So, deathmatch. Who's seen a deathmatch before? This is our third deathmatch, there we go. So you know, that's why you're here, right? Deathmatch, really a variation of Firing Squad. Uh, this is more the onstage live version. So obviously for listeners of the podcast, I check out firing squad of every single one of these pitches today. Without further ado, today we have four startups. They will have two minutes to pitch. After those two minutes, we have a stunning panel of judges, who includes Cindy Sanye from Talru, Quincy Valencia from Alexander Man Solutions. Woohoo! Give it up. And Robert Ruff, Sovereign, Sovereign Technologies, everybody. All amazing YouTube sponsors, music. and we love them. We're ready. Oh, wait a minute. We got. We got to let this music start. My all the boys there we go. We have David like Bernard from Assess First. So like you, there he is. <laughs> There it is. Work it. Work it. All right. Yes. No, I did pick the music for him. Are you ready?
1: Okay, so we all agree on the fact that using assessment for hiring is a good idea because it helps you see who your candidates really are as a human being uh, far beyond their resume of their past experiences. But the problem is that most recruiters use it the wrong way. They use it just as a descriptive tool. It means that usually they ask the candidate to fill in their questionnaires, and after that, they just end up with a description, simple description of their behaviors, or their motivations, their personality, things like that. But in the end, does it really help them take better decisions? Not really. That's precisely the reason why we created assets first. Um, And when they use our AI-powered predictive platform, what they can do is that they can start by identifying, by discovering the type of profile they have to look after. And for that, they just have to invite the current employee. They fill in the AssetsFirst profile, and after that, very important, they rate them on two key factors. The performance they deliver on the job, but also the quality of their attitude. Doing that, we create predictive models, so our algorithm take care of uh, everything. And it has been demonstrated numerous times that every time our candidate, our client, sorry, uh, they use those predictive models to hire the new employee, they recruit people who are going to perform better, faster, but also who can stay longer on the job all while being happy and fully engaged. And to be sure that we propose an extraordinary experience for the candidate, we give them, even if you do not select them for the job, we give them an access to their full report with awesome information concerning who they are, what are are their talents, and also a few advices on how they could be more effective. And today, in the world, there are 3,500 clients who use it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all
1: right, here we go.
3: Um, first of all, good entrance. It was Thank very you. nice. Um, so, David, what, a couple questions for you. So, first, um, what model is your assessment built off of?
1: So, for example, we have um, for personality, it's based on the Big Five because it's cross cultural, and uh, we use for um, aptitude the Carol model. So, which uh, analyzes the mental agility of people, and also the PE fit and envir- uh, the person-environment fit model for motivation, which analyzes the capacity of people uh, to do the job at three different levels: level of the job, level of uh, the team, and level of the organization with the culture.
3: Okay, good. And what is the delivery mechanism of the assessment? Is it verbal? Is it just a written questions? Is it visual? How
1: do they it's, do it? a, it's a mix of, uh, of uh, that. Um, basically it's a questionnaire, so you know you have to pick up the, the right behavior. Uh, we propose you two, um, two statements. You have to select the one you prefer. And we also have a more gamified version for uh, everything that revolves about, around um, aptitudes. So that's okay, what you do.
3: great. And approximately, on average, how long does it take to complete the assessment
1: in your format? It's aiming 8 to 10 minutes per questionnaire. so we have brain for aptitude, drive for motivation, and shape for personality. But to be sure that the candidate completes all the assessment, we give them uh, a feedback every time they finish a part, we give them access to more information, the other more information, and when they finish everything, they can even compare them to uh, more than 400 different uh, functions and roles. Yeah.
3: And so- Final question for me that you'll probably get from everyone, which is, what is the differentiator from assess first and something else? There are many assessments that are built on the big
1: five model yeah. out there. Uh, we, 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 we made it very uh, candidate centric. That's the first thing, you know, because most of the time it's like a pain in the ass uh, for the candidate when they have to complete that. And we made sure that um, they can... Um, uh, take their profile with them, and they can, for example, uh, share it. We have uh, like thirty-six percent of our candidate, of the candidate of our clients, who share it on uh, LinkedIn and uh, yeah. But I think the, the most the, the better differentiator is really the capacity to predict success because lots of uh, companies are saying, okay, we have a psychometrist, you can do that. But the thing is that we allow our clients to di- directly measure the return on investment that they can have using assess first. You know, for example, you hire people uh, using uh, assess first, and after like six months, uh, one year, one year and a half, or two years, you can assess precisely, you can uh, rate them, your new um, employees, on performance, quality, of attitude, and after that, you can compare that with, with your, the employee you had before. And yes. we show an increase. Uh, yeah.
3: That's great. I lied when I said that was the last question. Um, what is your completion rate overall? What, people, what is what? What is the completion rate? So The, if completion, rate, models, the completion
2: rate, it's 86%. Where do you see this in the funnel? Do you see this on the front end of every part of the process? Or do you see that this is for a select group of... Pre-selected candidates.
1: Yeah, uh, our clients they can use it uh, both ways. Some do do that at the very end of the process with only the shortlisted candidate, but we absolutely do not recommend to do it like that uh, because you lose all the value. We recommend to edit, to we recommend sorry to use it at the very beginning of the process because doing that you can okay you can uh, pre-select your people. Uh, imagine you have a people you pre-select them on resume, uh, you ask them to complete the questionnaire, but if there is no pre-selection, if it's the first step, you can even get rid of the resume for certain functions, like salespeople or people who have to manage other people. And doing that, you can discover people uh, you will you wouldn't have um, uh, have a look on uh, their resume. But uh, yeah, you can uh, bring more diversity uh, in the in the workplace yeah, using it that way.
2: So I'm a big believer in this kind of thing, uh, using subjective information that's somewhat objective. In other words, attribute-oriented information. But what confuses me is that it's always seemed to me that attributes are something that you can't really change. These are things that you're born with, aptitudes, excuse me, I shouldn't say attributes. Um, But you were saying that you will give people recommendations on how they can improve. So if I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert, Hmm. I don't really want to change. I want to continue to be me. What I want your thing to do is slot me in the most appropriate job in that company and not view it as pass-fail. So I'm making a big leap here that you're kind of in the pass-fail realm. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: Uh, you know, um, the fact is that we all have our personality and yeah, it evolves from a zero to approximately 30 years old. After that, it it stays uh, quite uh, stable. But the fact is that lots of people are not happy in the work they are they are doing. Uh, I think it's something like 91% of people are not fully engaged in their work. They are not happy, and most of the time, because it it's because people t- try to to mimic the perfect person in the position and w- the type of advice we give them is that okay you have uh, some strong points uh, for that role you have uh, uh, potential uh, areas for development we advise you to work on your areas of development just a little bit for it um, to stop uh, those areas to be uh, um, ah, to prevent in you uh, to to work uh, well uh, with others but we recommend them to work on what is already a strong point.
4: You're a pretty well-established brand in Europe, particularly in France. Uh, By your accent, I'm sure everyone could have guessed that. (laughs) Um, But US is a much different market. Uh, It's the largest market in the world. What is your plan to conquer America?
1: Our plan first it was to to make small um, cultural adaptation and we saw that also the way we have to uh, because you know human beings are all the same across the planet of course there are cultural differences but we all want the same thing we all want to be in a job that is fulfilling for us in uh, which we can be uh, uh, yeah we can perform we can express our talents express who we are because we just have one life so it would be uh, dumb to to yeah to not to do that and uh, So the product is basically the same, but, you know, for example, we saw that um, U.S. US customer, they are more attentive to the ROI part, you know, because in France, for example, uh, most of the clients, they use it just as another tool. Uh, things like that, j- just to, have info- to add uh, some more information. But, uh, yeah, we have to be uh, very concise when we present the product and everything. Yeah.
4: So talk to me about sales marketing and partnership strategy.
1: Yeah. So we have a lot of integration. For example, we are already uh, uh, integrated with uh, smart recruiters, with um, uh, 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 Greenhouse, with uh, SAP, with, uh, and we are working with our, um, through our API to make it a viable to customers who already use uh, those uh, those platforms, yeah. Quick question, same same vein. Um, aside from assessment companies, who
2: are you, who do you where do you go after that budget? Who are your competitors?
1: Who are our competitors? You know, we, we we can we can see that, for example, lots lots of the time uh, when clients come to us, they they think that our competitors are like a company like a SHL, like Hogan, like a thing like that. But for us. Really, um, it was like um, if uh, the road splitted. You have the assessment providers who continue to make it like the old way, okay, very descriptive, and uh, assessment providers like assessor who decided to take the predictive way. So, but most of the time, when a client, when they want uh, to something that is predictive of future performance, it can be like they have assessors on one side, another solution that analyzes resume sometimes. It can be, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of companies, yeah. But we have, uh, for example, we already identified uh, a company like uh, Plum, uh, Plum.io, uh, who do a great job in uh, Canada.
3: Do you see yourself as strictly, obviously, beyond an, just an assessment company when you're involving predictive analytics, in your words, but do you see uh, the value of AssessFirst as being, like you talked about in, in France, another data point to evaluate a candidate Are you seeing yourself as also adding efficiency to a process? And if so, where is that efficiency added and what are you taking the place of?
1: Uh, I think the, the value we add today is that it helps companies to, to identify uh, people who have the like the, the the good mindset to integrate in the culture things like that. But I think the, the best value we can add it's the turn we are the little uh, pivot we are doing uh, right now. It's you know we have 5 million people who completed the assessors profile on one side, three thousand and five hundred different companies. At one point we said, okay, people they do not want tests, they want predictive solution. But no, they do not want predictive solution. What they want is people who are going to perform and stay longer on the job. And so we are planning to move from a strictly uh, pre-selection uh, solution to more of a, like a platform uh, to help companies meet the, the people uh, they, 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 they need to have uh, to, to be successful there.
0: So what types of assessments do you do? Do you have coding assessments? Is, is it pretty much the gambit? What, what, what types of assessments? Now
1: everything, assessments? Uh, no, no, we're more on, uh, on the soft skills part, on the potential. So for us, every human being has a combination of three key factors, the way in which they think, mental agility, what motivates them? Uh, their drivers, their motivation, and how they're going to behave on a daily basis. And the the thing that is very interesting is that you can predict the capacity of people to succeed on a specific role inside a a certain culture, Mm -hmm. but you can also predict what you call the affinity, professional affinity, between two people. For example, it can be between one person and their future manager, or between uh, different members of the team, because the, 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 uh, we think that the three basic questions we have to ask ourselves when we hire somebody is can the person do that job within that team in the broader context of that company culture?
0: So in that in that vein, in many cases, that doesn't lend itself to diversity because you have a lot of the same types of people and the same types of teams. So what do you do to ensure that you're not creating more bias?
1: Yeah, you know, the bias the bias come when you... When you utilize data that are not really related to future performance, you know, for example, we all know about the Amazon uh, uh, case and everything, but the fact is that when you look at personality, it, the different uh, factors are very well distributed across the population, uh, regardless of uh, age, or gender, uh, uh, ethnicity, origins, or things like that. So, yeah. And every time we create a predictive model, you know, uh, so you analyze your people, so automatically we create the predictive model, and after we, will, we, we test it, the predictive model, against all our database to be sure that there are no bias. And if we identify, for example, one specific criteria uh, that, is, uh, that could lead to uh, biased decisions, we get rid of that uh, criteria. Sometimes it can lead us to have a bit less predictive model, but we are sure it's fair for everybody so we took that decision.
4: Yeah, uh, in a world that's becoming more automated, yeah. right? There's sort of less how, you know, people's behavior and who they are as a person. It's more about let's get the skills assessment, let's get, you know, what they are on terms of their resume, whereas you guys go beyond the resume. So my question is in a in a world that's getting more automated, do you guys get squeezed out of that future or do you see yourself as part of the automated future of recruiting?
1: I think we we will not get uh, squeezed out of that, because you know, what will remain when uh, everything will be automated or almost everything and uh, every task? The human factor, and we strongly believe that the way we can continue uh, to create a real difference in the world we're going to live in is by reaffirming our humanity and to... you know, there are some things a robot can't do, for example, to create a connection, a bond with somebody, uh, to influence somebody, uh, to, there are lots of things there. And uh, our role is to automate the maximum of tasks that we can automate, and also to, 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 to let the time for the recruiter, for example, to spend more time, more quality time with their candidate, you know, not just a formal uh, discussion like that, but to spend more quality time with them, with less candidate, but. Yeah, more quality-oriented.
4: And can you break down the pricing model of the product?
1: Yeah, it's based on, it's based on the number of users you have. So for us, a user is um, a recruiter, basically, or someone who manages internal mobility. And it's, uh, it, begin, it starts at um, 15,000 per year for three users. If you add uh, the AI component, it's ten thousand more. So yeah, uh, that's range of price. But we also have um, an offer you can buy directly online, starting at a four hundred and thirty dollars per month with no engagement, and you can, assess, you can assess as many candidates as you want.
0: So in that assessment process, yeah, what is the process? Can it be a gamification model? Can it be taken by text? Can it be chatbot? What is, it, or is it just? plain forms, the, the usual form?
1: You know, you, you receive, a, uh, to invite a candidate, you just enter the email address, or uh, you send them a link, they click on that link, uh, they, they create their profile in 20 seconds, approximately. And after that, they enter a, a funnel, okay? And uh, they have, a, the, the two firsts, they have different propositions, they just have to click on it. And uh, for the other one, uh, the last one, brain, concerning mental agility, it's more games, uh, and they can do it on a, a tablet, on a mobile, on a, their computer, whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, voilà. Bernard, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you.
3: Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pairs that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com.